Hello, Tim. Hello, Michael Antonelli. <clears throat> That's me. How are you, pal? Great, man. Just got done work as usual. I'm glad to be here with you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Exciting day. We're about an hour away from the first Phillies playoff game of the uh, season, so that's always exciting, is it not? Yeah. I mean, I was getting more pumped as my workday slowed down. I was, like, trolling Twitter a little bit. Don't tell my boss. Um, (laughs) Doing it on my phone, though, not on the work computer. Uh, Don't want them tracking me. But still, like, I saw a couple hype videos and just saw, like, Alec Bohm wearing like a cool, uh, I think it was like a Charlie Manuel homemade shirt or something like that. And Mm -hmm. just, just some other, like the guys getting, you know, prepped for tonight. And I I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for sure. And the teams, the dudes get it. They're a bunch of dudes that get it. They're having fun and it's exciting. I mean, we went, um, a long time without playoff baseball and before that even longer, um, so it's always exciting. Now it's a little easier to get into the playoffs, but it's more fun. I think, you know, back in the, I mean, in 1993, the first playoffs of our lives, uh, two teams in the entire, in each league made it. So more likely than not, your team was out of it way early and you just had a lot of meaningless baseball to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I remember when like the, adding just the one wild card was kind of a big controversy. Oh, I'm yeah, like, people still bitch about it. I mean, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, like, the NBA, they they have that, um, that four-team play-in situation where mm-hmm. it's, like, I think it's, like, the seven through ten seeds, like, play each other before, like, the real playoffs start. Yeah. And when I first read about it, I was like, that seems a little Odd. much. Yeah. But then seeing it, I'm like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like... It's you got know, people fighting for those, la- you know, it's, you know, it's more, I don't know, more meaningful, uh, any sport is better, I think, because unless you're a gang, like, you know, I mean, it just makes it more fun, get more people involved. Exactly. And I mean, I guess the argument against it is that those bottom teams that are getting that chance, like, aren't good, I'm doing air quotes, good teams, but it's it's proven out to be that no they're competitive like they are fun yeah they're and, professional teams and i mean who doesn't love unless you're the your favorite teams the one seed who doesn't love a fucking upset of you know the eighth seed or pushing the one seed to the limit there's nothing fucking better than that i mean hell the phillies did it last year and yeah then, like in in the nba the miami heat just did it because mm-hmm. they beat the freaking celtics to go to the championship yeah you know that's pretty cool yeah Fuck the haters. They're all old fucking men that are just annoying and like to bitch about everything. So don't take it for what it's worth. Just a bunch of noise from a bunch of assholes. Um, Speaking of assholes, I just... Have you ever had jury duty, Tim? Uh, No. I've gotten that uh, piece of paper in the mail plenty of times and had to like call in to see if I'm selected, uh, but never did actually get selected for a jury. God. Damn, lucky you. <laughs> so you never even had to go in to in the first place to get possibly chosen for a jury. You never had to take your drag your ass to the courthouse. 
Correct. I remember the last time I had to call was while I was on vacation in the Adirondacks where <laughs> I don't, don't get cell phone reception. Right. So I had to like make a trip to town to go make this stupid call just to be told I, I wasn't selected. Well, that's a relief. I mean, what were you going to say? I can't fucking come anyway. Reschedule me. That's yeah, what true. I mean. Nothing's going to happen. But uh, I don't know if you listened to this month's um, Doom Thugs Monthly. Probably not, because I haven't <laughs> uploaded it yet. Excuse me, <laughs> I just remembered that. Uh, it's on YouTube, but um, whoops. So I, I was going to say, I don't think I saw it drop. <laughs> yeah, I got a little homework to do tonight, folks. My apologies. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, we're on that. I have left on a bit of a cliffhanger where... I got chosen to be on a jury. I went to jury duty, and out of the fucking hundreds of people there, they chose 14. I was number 13. So my ass had to sit uh, on a jury. And the cliffhanger from DTM was that I couldn't talk about it at all because the (laughs) case was still ongoing. Um to catch everyone up, uh, I was the 13th of 14 jurors. There's 12 jurors, and there's two alternates, and I was alternate number one. So what that means is you do you fucking do everything the jury does. You show up every day. You hand in your phone. You sit in the fucking jury room. So 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 here's how it starts. Everyone gets chosen, right? Well, first they fucking tell you the crime. Everybody, hundreds of like night. The so you you show up. There's hundreds of people. Then the judge asks for ninety potential jurors to leave the first room. I was like number uh, sixty-two or something. Go into the second room. Then you sit in the fucking courtroom, and the judge is up there and he addresses you and the fucking assistant district attorneys there and the defense lawyer and the defendant. And they tell you the crime. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Hold on to your seats, everybody. Aggravated sexual assault of a person under 13. Oh, no. And then sexual assault of somebody under 13. And corruption of minors. Uh, we got a dirty one here. So he says that, then he's like, asks like, if anyone has a reason why they feel like they can't be a juror, uh, and remember folks, that's what he says. Inconvenience is not a reason. So a bunch of people stand up, the, all their numbers are taken down and then they go fucking one by one interviewing everybody that stood up. And then once one they interviewed everybody, then they start calling the people, they they got their 14 because the uh the fucking the because it, it's like a it's a negotiation between the DA and the defense attorney like they're picking people and and tossing people out like I don't want that jag off or I want him I want her calling people up 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 wow I did it to only two more no way they could choose me uh number 13 that jag off over there get your ass up here fuck Okay, so the 12 jurors are in the juror box. I'm seated right in front of them. There's two chairs for me and number 14. That day, we hear the opening arguments. We're right into the fire. Crazy. Um, And, uh, you know, the DA comes up, uh, a young woman, and she 
tells the story that this defendant allegedly put his finger into his nine-year-old niece's vagina. Okay? That's what makes it aggravated assault is that his finger went uh, penetration. Okay? Nasty stuff. Do I wish I knew any of this now? No. And then the defense comes up, and he's like a fucking... I read about this guy afterwards, after it was all over. So this guy was an assistant DA on the special victims unit for years, prosecuting people for sex crimes and stuff. Got out of that, and then flipped to the other side. Now he's a defendant, basically defending fucking sex crimes and internet crimes. What a fucking defense lawyer slime ball. And this guy get yeah, dude, yeah. It, uh, and he gets up there and he fucking gives his speech about how this is all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. So, like, for years <clears throat> of prosecuting, his, like, takeaway is, wow, these guys don't have decent enough representation. That is, um, you know, that's a more noble way to think. I think it's like... I have all these years of experience. I know how to fucking get these motherfuckers off and make a bunch of money. You know what I mean? He's like, I have inside knowledge. I'll be. I mean, I was even being sarcastic with what I was saying, but yeah, you're probably right. Unbelievable. I mean, everyone, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in because everyone does have a right to representation, right? Even the worst of the worst. But like, I don't know. It takes a special kind of person to be like, this is my main focus. Anyway, so then we go, we leave, we go into this fucking jury room, jury room number three. This is like your fucking home. And it's like door opens a big old wooden and, and, uh, you know, that like old, uh, you see it in movies. Like it's not, it's like, um, glass, but it, you can't see through it. It's like fogged or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, it would be yeah. on a private detective's door or something. Yeah. One of those doors that they have to unlock with a big old key because this place, the media fucking courthouse, Delaware County Courthouse, is a million years old and fucking falling apart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like these big door and you walk in and directly to your right and left are two bathrooms. And then it, the room is right here, a, a big long table, chairs all around it, and then some chairs on the walls and a little thing to hang coats, and that's it. A little bit of fucking random assortment of art they found, probably in trash cans hung up on the wall for something. But that's it. Yeah, and, I'm envisioning and, uh, 12 Angry Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I fucking f- took my seat. I found a padded seat on the wall, and I stayed there the whole time. But and then, you f- then, uh, they sh- then um, they shut the door, and they lock it. You're locked in capiche and um and then uh, they're like okay be back here tomorrow at 9 30 you're probably gonna be here till thursday this is monday so i'm like fuck so i gotta fucking i took off this day for jury duty now i gotta call work and tell them hey i gotta call out the rest of the week because i'm on a jury great then you fucking leave you go home and then you come back no, well, and, you know, and you know how that goes in, in like your business. It's like, you know, customer service, it's public facing, like that type of job you don't call out of. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, jury duty is like an exception, but I'm sure 
there's like management looking down their nose upon you just because there's something that's completely out of your control. Right. It's like for sure a pain in the ass for everybody because like I'm I, they did there's no way for them to plan for it. I'm just yeah. out for a fucking week. And like we don't have a huge fucking team, you know what I mean? Right. So right. It, it sucks, but the fu- what am I going to do? Go to jail? Be in contempt of court? I don't think so. <laughs> Show back up tomorrow, the next day, 9.30, and there's a parking lot on the side for the jury. So, what's up, Jim? Jim's in the chat. We love Jim, and he says jury duty sucks. And you yeah, know what? Jim, what's up? He's fucking right. I love you, Jim. You're the man. Is that on Facebook, by the way? Uh, he's on Facebook. We're on YouTube, and we're on Twitch, streaming live. Okay, I'm gonna tell my mom Facebook because get your probably... mom in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> she's the, the probably the biggest fan of this show. Jim and your mom are all up there. <laughs> get active in the chat. So anyway, I show back up at nine thirty, and then I pull up to the um, fucking garage, and there's a uh, I don't know if he's a security guard or a police officer. That's like, uh, what are you doing here? And I have my jury button, a little sticker. And I'm like, I'm a I'm a juror. And he's like, what are you late or something? I was like, no, the judge said I didn't have to be here till 930. Then he's like making this face like he's annoyed. And I'm like, uh, I don't understand. He's like, well, I was only told there's only supposed to be 50 uh, jurors today. And you're number 52. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. What the fuck do you want me to do about it? I don't know shit about your job. And I didn't ask. Like, just let me in the fucking thing, man. What do you... Anyway, so you fucking go into this bottom, the basement, subterranean jury level, and you fucking go through, and it's, like, it's fucking scary, and you go into, like, security, and it's all, everything's old, you go up, you go back to your jury room, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee, and I begin having a little rumbly... Okay, so I would avoid I would have avoided coffee. Yeah, but I hear you. So it's, it's jury duty. Like you got to get some sort of caffeine. I, I need a jump. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so I luckily because here's the thing. Once you're in that jury room, like I said, you there's there's two bathrooms in there. And that's it. Like if you like. So <laughs> if you got to fucking blow it up. You got to walk out directly into 13 people staring you dead in the face and smelling everything. You know what I mean? It's like I've never wanted to shit less in my entire life than than on these days. So you go the fuck in, right? And then you see these people and and it's kind of like Clue, right? Because no one – you're not supposed to really get to know each other too much. So – um you're not like taught like so i was number 13 that was who i was you know what i mean everyone's mm-hmm. juror number whatever no one really has names some details like, slip through and it's like uh you start to paint pictures of these people no one knows shit about me i yeah. had a book i was on the wall i was silent a couple times i spoke up got the whole room to laugh and then went back to my book because i just you know i wanted to pass the time some people like, uh, were sitting uh, there just fucking raw dogging this boredom. They didn't bring a book. 
Nothing. Because they take your phone. You can't have your phone in there. So they're just like staring at the wall. Sitting, staring, and talking shit. And I'm it's like, I don't want to hear anything. But anyway, so then we're fucking first, first day of court. And uh, it's like, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? First of all, sitting right in front of me is just some b- blue spongy cord sitting on the ground <laughs> like the the fuck there's wires all over the carpet with just fucking tape over them mm-hmm. it looks like shit in there seated in front of the judges are two legal clerks i think who have computers and stuff one uh young woman seemed very professional uh, the other one a dude a heavy set dude uh literally asleep for long stretches of time <laughs> like in his chair like fully <laughs> then he'd get up and just but they're out. in the room with you in the room seated <laughs> two feet from the judge like the judge is looking at the back of their heads and then it's like it's like tv so first the prosecution goes it's prosecution's turn first to call their witnesses first fucking witness they call is this fucking little girl who's now 11 who was assaulted at nine and i and i've been thinking about this all night like i have to go the fuck in there and just hear this horrid shit for days and then she comes up and wasn't as bad as I thought. There wasn't any like it's not it's like very undramatic. Most people can't get up there and speak eloquently whatsoever. You know what I mean? It's all very uh one word answers and and very they're they're scared. First of all, she's nine. There's fucking 14 people staring at her right in the face. You strangers. know what I mean? Strangers. And she's talking about the worst thing to ever happen to her. And um <clears throat> And also, like, the fucking defendant's there, and you can look, like, he's, you see him, you're looking right at him for a fucking, and then so, prosecution does her questioning, defense cross crosses, and then there's fucking people saying objection, right? And then they go up to the side stage for sidebars where they argue. But when they argue, they turn on a white noise machine so no one can hear it. But they'll go over there and like the, the they'll bitch to the judge and you can't hear any of it. But you can read their body language. And you're just sitting there and it's like I'm on this wooden fucking seat with a small leather pad. And my <laughs> ass hurts. And my foot. Fu- and so like I'm just squirming in my chair. Squirm like just constantly just uh now worse worse than a movie theater like you know a real crappy movie theater <laughs> dude the worst the absolute worst now i i'd like to think that if i was in the jury box and not just an alternate i would have just concentrated hard more i would have concentrated more on concentrating <laughs> but so much of the day was just like fuck fuck like just like just like bored like you know it made me remember what it was like to be in high school and be just like stuck there in the chair that's hurting my ass and just waiting for the waiting to change rooms, right? <laughs> just waiting to get up and do something different for a short period of time and then come back and do this. Because you 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 fucking hear shit, hear cross examination, take your little notes. And then you get released for a mid-morning break. You go back to your room, locked in, no phones, sit around uh, or stand around. Most of us were standing because everyone had a similar problem. Back into the courtroom, 
Same thing. Witnesses, cross-examination. Now it's time for lunch. You get an hour. You get your phone. You get to leave. Very strange because you're fucking uh, walking around the campus with everybody else involved. Like you're just walking by, like I walked by the defendant and his father just on the streets of media. You know what I mean? Like mm. someone could have slipped my throat. If this, You know what I mean? I'm sure if it was a higher profile case or something, maybe they sequester you better, but just like you're on lunch, do your own later. thing, do your own <laughs> thing. I went to this bagel place across the street. It was nice. Then back in more of the same mid afternoon break back into the room doors locked piss, 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 come out close Bob more of the same. I'm so bored. Like it's, 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 it's boring. Let me, I mean, it's, it's fucking boring. And, and then guess what? Okay. See you guys back in the morning. Come back the next day. More of the exact same witness. Bang, 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 bang. Now who was called the girl, the girl's father, stepmother, brother, all telling the story. Then the prosecution rests. The defense comes up calls his witnesses his witnesses are um the girl's mother and listen i'm not gonna give any names but i will say this white trash (laughs) a lot of everyone is white trash very sad it's just the whole thing just made you upset like nobody here has a shot at all everyone it's whatever happens after we leave here it's fucked anyway uh also What's like the defendant's relation to Uncle. this girl? So that's it's oh, it's her mother, who was a recovering uh, opioid addict who had a stroke. Her uncle's brother, who lived her, the uncle, the mom, their parents all live in Clifton Heights. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said Clifton Heights. Live in Delco. And uh, the girl had visitation with her father, would come down to the house, right? Mm. Come down, hung out with the uncle all the time. Did you watch I, so I Think You Should Leave? No. Anyway, uh, anyone that watched I Think You Should Leave will understand what I'm saying. There was a point in time where a long list of text messages between the defendant and the girl were read out loud in the courtroom. And... Brother, it was the most humiliating shit I've ever been a part of in my life. Like my, I was crawling up the walls. Like I wanted to just fucking rip my ears off because it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. This guy, no matter what, a hundred percent guilty of being a creep and a weirdo because he was texting this nine-year-old all the time and stuff like, uh, Hey, uh, girl, I don't, I'm not saying her name, but I don't like when you call me ugly. It really hurts my feelings. This guy's like 40, right? And he's like, when you call me ugly, I can joke about a lot, but I can't joke about being called ugly by you. You really hurt my feelings. Like fishing for compliments from a nine-year-old, like just total manipulative relationship bullshit with a child, not even a double digit, single digit child, insane stuff would send her. <laughs> And these, are, these texts are being read, and I'm just like, 
I'm staring at the floor, the ceiling. I can't look at this defendant. I can't look at anything. Like, it's just like, get me out of here. Like, uh, there was one, <laughs> it was a picture, right? And, but let me say this, nothing sexual at all in anything, nothing pornographic. Thank God. But, um, there was one where it was a picture of him. He took a picture of himself holding a sign that he wrote that said like, I love you. And it was just like, man, is this, are you guys trying to make this like proof to us that he's guilty or just humiliate this guy? Because it's working. It's doing both. (laughs) It's doing both. Anyway. So they're calling all these people. Everyone is like saying basically the same thing. Blah, 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 blah. They call a bunch of character witnesses. We're getting towards the end. And then, finally, we get, you know, word that the defense calls the defendant. Oh, shit. This is the main event. Because we've not heard his voice. I don't know. Like, you just look at him. You hear everyone else talk. But what does this guy sound like? Is this guy like, is he very, very, very dumb? Is he, you know, you know what I mean? It's like. Mm -hmm. Oh, what is going on? Guy comes up. We got to Jim says, uh, this MCT took a turn. This is like mayor of East town season two. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking the same. <laughs> so they call the guy ever. Everyone's, I, I mean, I am like quietly pumped like this because up until now, am I convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt or beyond a reasonable doubt that he's guilty? I can't say. I got to hear from this guy. Defense calls him. Judge is like, wait, 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 wait. This is a perfect break point. Time to take our mid-afternoon break. Shit. Okay. Let's go take the break. Come back in for the main event. Go home. What? A, and then come back tomorrow. All right. Mid-afternoon break. Go back into the courtroom. Defense attorney stands up and he says, the defense rests. What? What happened? Sometime over that break, something changed, and the defendant never got onto the witness stand. Made me feel like, one way or the other, the judge deciding to take that break right then, no doubt, changed completely the the complexion of the case. Because now, it's over. We don't hear from anyone else. We go home. We come back the next morning and we hear closing arguments, right? And it's like, I'm just left. I don't want to say it's weird to say I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed. I got to hear from this freak. But also, I don't need to sit because the way it's set up where I'm sitting, it's like me, maybe two feet of carpet that's all torn up and dirty. The witness stand. Like, I'm right here in these people's lap. So, anyway. Go home. Come back. Closing arguments. And then guess what? Juror 13 and 14 get to go home. They yeah. s- Deliberation <laughs> happens. And, 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 you know, we're only there. 13 and 14 are there if someone dies. That's like right. our only job. If someone gets so sick there, they can't come in. Then we're part of the real jury. So we made it all the way to the end. We did everything. And then, see ya. We get to go home. But 
we're still on retainer. We have to wait for a phone call to get us cleared. Now, uh, the judge and, and our, our handler were all like, you'll probably get a call later today once they wrap this up. This was about noon. They had hoagies in there. They were like, do you want a hoagie? Do you want a hoagie? Very hoagie. surprising also, there was thir- 14 people from Delco nobody had hoagie mouth like there was no like thick ass <laughs> accents for on anybody in the entire courtroom it was very strange we go home blah 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 hanging out uh adam and and Brittany come over for for the episode and i'm ready to tell this whole story then i'm just waiting for the phone call you know what i mean we're drinking margaritas phone rings pick it up and uh I get a call from our handler. He's like, hey, guess what? And I'm like, what's up? He's like, they haven't come to a conclusion yet. They're still deliberating, and they've just been sent home. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, I can't believe it either. So they deliberated for six hours, couldn't come to a decision, got sent home. So I was still on call the next day. I just went back to work, but I let them know if they call me, I have to be at the media courthouse within an hour or I'm in fucking contempt of court. So (laughs) I was a big deal. Yeah. So I had my, you know, I had my ringer on all day. They didn't call. I didn't get called to come in. Thank God. But I also didn't get cleared. Not until like four 30 that night. So, uh, so fucking 12 to six and then fucking the whole next fucking day. They motherfuckers were deliberating. And then they, I finally get the call. I finally get the call that after all this time, guilty on all three counts. It's like, okay, I, now I really hope he did it. You know what I mean? I hope justice was served because in that moment, it really sank in like the tremendous responsibility you do have as a fucking some local yokel that got randomly selected for a jury. Like you have people's lives in your hands. You know what I mean? But he's guilty on all three counts. Who knows what happens now? But had I been there in that room for two days of deliberation, I would be in prison. I would have killed everyone in that room (laughs) and just fucking broken out and just killed everyone in my way till I got to get home. But unbelievable. Thank God I dodged a bullet. I got, in a way, I'm thankful that I got to do it all and then leave right at the end. You know what I mean? I got to base, I got to, like, I got the juror experience without the hardest and worst part. I didn't have to go in there at the end and face this whole guy's family. That's like his whole family was there Mm. and have watched someone read. That yes, verdict, he's, and he's going to prison for like twenty years. Right, that's. I feel like there's minimum sentences carried with uh, with that. Now his sentencing's a later date, but still, true. Like heavy shit. The the, I, the heaviness of it when I got that phone call really hit me, and it's still with me to this day. I wish I was not on this jury. I wish I didn't have to think about these fucking people that will knock it out of my head. It sucks. It's terrible, but it is what it is. I got chosen and I did my part. So I guess I'm free for two years, but goddamn, I don't like it. I just want to stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, because you're a human. 
with emotions uh, and sympathy so and, and you think about those things. I wonder, like, I mean, a part of you has to be curious how the deliberations went down. Because, like, the way you're describing it to me, I'm like, this motherfucker's guilty. Like, yeah. what's there to talk about here? Yeah. So there was, you know, like 12 angry men. There's people in that room that were like, well, I'm not so convinced yet. And, like, they presented evidence that was given to them as mm-hmm. to why they weren't convinced. And it's like, I, I don't know how they see it another way, but interesting. Because here's why. Because the 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 burden is on the state, the burden is on the district attorney True. to prove it without a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt. If there's a like, if if you're like, I believe this girl, but that but you got to think about that but because it has to be cut and dry, definitely with only the evidence presented on the witness stand. Do I think that it was just from what I heard? Like I said, creep, definitely weirdo. Definitely. Everyone is fucking fucked up and a liar. Like it's, is it def? I don't know. I'm just glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I wasn't there because you know, I'm still, I still don't know. I mean, my gut instinct is 100%. I believe this girl. She has no reason to lie. She never changed her story. Even after all this shit went down and all this shit and going to court and all this fucking horse shit, she never recanted, never changed. The story stayed the same. Yeah, this is two years later. Right. And it was never, you know, I don't know. I do believe her. I do think he's guilty, and and I think justice was served. But it's tough. It's tough. And, And I do wonder, because there was a lot of big personalities in that room, and mm. me and the other alternate juror, once we got released, were like, thank God we're not in there. <laughs> the guys high five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I get to go home. Some of these people are way too into being on a jury. Yeah. And they're, they're going to think they're on 12 Angry Men and they're going to be fucking there for a long time. And 6 o'clock the first day, I thought it was over. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to right. have it go into the next day and another full work day of deliberation. Ugh. They all conspired actually just to stay out of work. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let's get another day out of this. Come on. Another, the other thing don't get us another hoagie tray, I bet. <laughs> let's get some hoagies, bro. Hoagies, hoagies, hoagies. The other thing you said, though, about, you know, the defendant not taking the stand. I mean, typically, like, I mean, just from watching movies and shit and just also even like seeing certain trials like take place through the Twitterverse, mm-hmm. and like typically you don't put a defendant on the stand no. because they they will like incriminate themselves. Yes, um, and like especially it sounds the way you're describing. Like, let's be real, this is a white trash guy. He's probably not very well spoken. Nobody was, yeah, right. So like you put this guy on the stand, he's just gonna get torched by these prosecutors. Yeah. He's already been humiliated by, you know, reading these text messages. Oh Just God. imagine what they could do live, you know? And, may, like, <laughs> read them to him and stuff. Like, right. oh, man, it would have been so bad. It would have been so bad. And they tell you, one of your instructions is, it's completely his right to not testify on his own behalf. Mm-hmm. And you can't see that as a... Uh, sign of him. guilt yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ugh. that's awful <laughs> mm. 
Maybe I've just moved enough times that Week of my, my jury life. duty gets lost in translation. <laughs> Brother, I mean, you would have to go to fucking, would you, you'd probably have to go to Philly now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm in Philly proper. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> but no, m- many people, um, many people just ignore those things <laughs> that have come forward to tell me that they just throw them away and act like they never got them. Oh, that's the other thing is that uh, I wonder how you got selected. Did they think you would... Like, did they judge you and think you would be more white trash? <laughs> or did... Right, like, which like... one picked me? The prosecution? <laughs> because I didn't stand up and talk or anything. Like, I didn't... They didn't talk to me. They just picked me based on my little paper questionnaire I filled out. Uh-huh. What was it about me? Why do you want me? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this guy looks like he, you know, would side with a uh, kid toucher. You know what I mean? We could get him on our side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's been me. That's been dominating my, th- my thoughts and my world recently. So <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Aside from having a new child. Yes. Also the, yeah. So yeah, that's the other thing. I come home to my newborn and just think about, um, how he's only going to be, because the big thing was they played Fortnite all the time. And, uh, that was one of the things he would guilt tripper about. One of the texts was like, I'm not playing with you Fortnite anymore because when you play with your friends, you leave me by myself and go with your friends. It makes me feel bad. Like, dude, you're a grown man. Oh, but anyway, wow. Sal's only allowed to play Sega, Super Nintendo, PS2, anything not connected to the outside world at all. He could play any couch co-op, couch, you know, couch multiplayer, single player campaigns, all he wants. But uh, once you like, it's scary once you know other people around your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's even like it's tough. Like how um, you just kind of guard your kid against seeing something sexually traumatic at way too young of an age on the internet because it's all out there at their fingertips, basically. So that's tough. Uh, anyway, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, not too much has changed. I was like very much in homeowner mode, like prepping the house for our housewarming party. Yes. I'm sorry. I missed it. Whatever. Not a big deal. It it was a zoo. It was, it it was awesome. I think it was a, a success. Unfortunately, it was the weekend of the friggin' monsoon yeah. hurricane bullshit. Yeah. So, um, Kat's dad, uh, they they have these like really cool canopies. They're not even like a tent. It's like a full on canopy, and he had two of them that we put out back that pretty much covered most of the outdoor area. It was just enough to like allow probably about ten people at a time to be outside. And without that, we would have been screwed. Like, I really don't know where people would have been. That, that's what you're saying in the in the group message. Like, people need to be outside because they're not going to fit. <laughs> yeah, like, our, our, I love our place. Mm-hmm. It's great. But for we ended up having, like, 40-plus people roll through. So, so, yeah, like, we needed that outdoor area. And it was like, of course, this random, like, nor'easter bullshit, whatever it was, was rolling through. I even I was even texting Cat on like Thursday and Friday. I, I think I texted you guys too to like, hey, 
not sure if this is actually going to happen because in my mind, I was thinking if, if this is like a real serious hurricane, I don't want people driving to us, number yeah. one. But number two, like if people can't be outside, this just isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even so, without it being a full-blown hurricane, um, like Lincoln Drive flooded. So people kind of had to like navigate their own way home because um, that's like the main way people get get to where we are. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's it's because Lincoln Drive like goes right along the Wissahickon, and yeah. Wissah, you know, it, at points it's almost like level <laughs> with the Wissahickon. So yeah, a strong heavy rain will make it flood. Um, but yeah, we we had more more food than we should have ordered, uh, plenty of booze, and just like everyone, you know, showed up. It, it was great. Like Jim, Jim was one of the first to arrive. If he's still listening, love you, know? you Jim. Yeah. I was actually upstairs when he showed up, so he like walked into just like my parents and Cat's parents. And was like, Hi, I'm Jim. You know, like <laughs> oh, I'm sad I missed it, but that sounds so much fun. But yeah, later on, Katie showed up. Um, I, I, I've refer- referred to uh, a gang of girls I'm still friends with from high school on my podcast from time to time. I just call them my girlfriends, mm-hmm. and I, it sounds weird. Yeah, you sound like fucking uh, Hugh Hefner talking about right. those chicks he used to, <laughs> uh, the three chicks he dated at the same time. These are my but girlfriends. I, ne- I never dated them. They're right. just my girlfriends. I understand. And I understand. We're in a group chat. Like I'm still tight with them today. Mm-hmm. They showed up, um, so it was great to see them. Uh, but yeah, like Tyler, uh, Keenan and oh. Andy come. Yeah, I know. It was great to see Tyler. Fuck! Cat uh, has this faction of uh, friends from when she worked at TGI Fridays. They all showed up. Uh, our, our one buddy, Sean, he, he's actually, he lives in Philly, so it was easy for him to come over. And he came over in full Miami Dolphin garb because okay. he's a big Dolphins fan. Go <laughs> yeah. off. But like l- literally hat, jersey, <laughs> like some sort of Miami Dolphin pants, and even <laughs> Miami Dolphin shoes. <laughs> wow, that's fucking... He was Intense. hardcore about it. Yeah. Um, Were they Zubaz? Course, Did he have Miami Dolphin Zubaz pants? They weren't the Zubaz uh, pants, no. That'd be he's more stylish completely than that. sick. <laughs> but of course, within like minutes of him being there, he's like grabbing some food, and I'm just bullshitting with him in the dining room, like around the food table, and my dad like pokes his head in just to like talk shit about the dolphins. <laughs> I was like, Dad, leave him alone. We Fuck don't care you. about the dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Cat's parents, Cat's sister, which Cat's sister and brother, they only live two blocks away from here, so that's awesome. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And we've already like been able to like hang out with them a, a, a good bit with being in such close proximity. Uh the the similar like my girlfriend's group that I have from high school, yeah. Cat's Cat's equivalent, uh-huh. we're all there. She has this gang of girls that she's still tight with from high school. They all showed up, so that was cool. Shout out to the girl gangs. We love them. We did have one minor hiccup. So because it was raining since like late Friday or whatever, this is now Sunday around four. Yeah. Finally got some water in the ceiling. Oh, no. It was coming in one of our light fixtures in our bedroom, and it, it was just a slow drip, nothing like crazy. But there was a couple other spots just outside our bedroom door in the ceiling that slow dripped. There was even like a bubble of paint that kind of like crept down the wall. No, no, no. Yeah. And so that's like really annoying, especially 
because like I've said plenty of times, this is a brand new place. Like the roof is brand fucking new. Like why oh, is this is? happening? Oh yeah. Because like before we bought it, we did have an inspection and the guy got up on the roof and said, yeah, it's a brand new rubber roof. Um, so yeah. And, and we, we'd had like some decent storms this summer. Never had a problem. Never had any flooding in the basement. We still not, still didn't have any flooding in the basement this go around. It was just coming through a little bit in the ceiling. So anyway, uh, the aforementioned cat sister and husband, basically my in-laws, my brother-in-law. Yeah. He, he, he's like one of those guys that he's been a home, homeowner for some time now. So he has a guy for like everything. You know, he's got an electrician. Yeah. He's got a plumber. Well, he has a roof guy. And he suggested him. Well, he was like already texting him as I was showing him what was going on with the roof. Yeah. Um, but he, he like came over within a couple days. I showed him the situation, you know, in the ceiling. And then he just like jumped up on the roof and he pointed out like basically on one side of the roof. He's like, yes, it's a brand new roof. But on one side, they should have like wrapped metal around the edge and they didn't. So there's just like exposed areas on the very edge. Yeah. The water's coming in. Yeah. So Did he fix he, it or are you going to get it fixed? Yeah. So he, he's going to come uh, sometime this week, hopefully before Friday when it rains again mm-hmm. to just do that job. But he's also going to like just take care of a few other things. Like there, there was like a bump in the middle of the roof. Yeah. So it's clearly like covering something. He's like, I'm going to peel that back. And <laughs> See what the you know. fuck these flippers did. Totally. Very um, nice of the flippers to leave you guys with a bunch of uh, DIY projects as new totally. homeowners. You know what I mean? That was very thoughtful of them. I know. They didn't half-ass I, anything. I almost feel like just reaching out to the flipper to, to not be a Karen, but just to be like, hey, I just want to point these things out for you for the future. Like, this is what was fucked up just for your yeah. next home that you flip. Like, maybe do it a, a little better job. Right. <laughs> you know? my, I'm, I'm, my cynical side is saying um, he knows and doesn't care. You know true. what I mean? It's like... Uh, just the idea of flippers is in my head do it speed quick and as cheaply as possible to get the most profit on the other end totally and then there was a few people that pointed out like you know it's a brand new place and roof there's probably a warranty on it and i asked the raise guy the roofer guy like what it, like he's like should it, or i asked him should i reach out to the flipper should i reach out to the guys that actually did the roof to you know have them do it for free or something because it's right. still under warranty. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I don't want to talk trash on anybody else's work, but they did a crap job. Yeah. Yes, you could totally reach out to them and they probably could come out and try to like do it for free for you. Do another but crap they... job. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The price he gave me though to like redo it is very reasonable. Like I was expecting Good. a certain price point and yeah. it came well below that. So I just Easy was like peasy, yeah. Yeah. I was I was like, where do I sign? Yeah. I was, Let's you know. do it. Yeah, for sure. That's great. That's great. It's great but, like having a guy, uh having a person for these things that you can trust is just one of the best things you can have. He furthermore said he's like if you sign with me, I I will like now take ownership of your roof. He's like, I do exteriors too. So if you ever have a problem with like the vinyl out, out front or whatever, like I will do it. And also what he was saying in the price was like, so we have a nice tree that gives great shade to our like outdoor area. Yeah. Love that. But it just rains down all sorts of shit on the roof and in our gutters. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm tr- I'm going to trim back all this crap. <laughs> you know, like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That's I was great. like, great. 
because like it, it, it's like there's so much shade that it doesn't need to be as covered as yeah. it is. So yes, please take some of it back. Yes, yes, fucking, I know all about. I mean, our yearly we got to fucking clean our gutters because the amount of trees. I love the trees and I love them, but I got to find a guy to do that for me. Right. So give me Ray's number immediately, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On air. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, um, it's Phillies, you know, it's time for Phillies playoff baseball mm-hmm. and been watching the Eagles and laying low. Like I, I told Kat, I told my coworkers, I told so many people once the housewarming party was done, I was like, I don't want to do anything mm-hmm. until Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it just was a lot of work to like get the place presentable and now it's time good. to chill, babe. Totally. Yeah, that's autumn. It's a good time to just hunker down, watch the birds, watch the Phillies. Uh, winter sports are coming back. It's a nice time to be indoors, except, you know, it's back to 80 degrees every day. But we don't have time to get into the whole world is ending talk. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to cut it a little short just because, like Tim and I said, we got to go watch the fucking Phils, right? The fightings. The fightings. But- do you want to say a few words about the Sixers real quick? <laughs> it's a disaster. Um, it's it's like I'm just done. Like I'm not going to say done because they are my team, and uh, Josh Harris doesn't get the t- fully take them away. But it's like I'm just left completely void of excitement for the team whatsoever. It's like they had. They had uh, they hit the lottery, had what should be the generational Hall of Fame talent. Um, honestly, they got fucking bullied by public opinion and maybe by the league, depending on who you believe, to fire Sam Hinkie totally. uh, in the middle of the his plan to you know take it down all the way down to the studs and build it back up. Mm-hmm. They let him take it down. Then they gave it to some fucking flipper who did it shittily. <laughs> they gave it to fucking Colangelo and son who just sucked. And it's like every decision from the hinky firing on has just been poor decision after poor decision after poor decision to just like their instincts are bad and they're just blew through the, the absolute, peak prime of Joel Embiid. Now he's probably in his later prime and it's like is this team built to win a championship? Absolutely not. Uh are they in a position to uh make any moves to 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 become a championship contender? No. Are they doing anything? No. They have unhappy fucking James Harden who's you know done. God bless him but He's not that good anymore for his style of play and you're not going to win with him. And they're just, the plan is just to bring him back, even though he doesn't want to be here. That's the product that, that you want me to support this year. It's just like Daryl Morey, nothing, you know, the doc rivers, obviously nothing. Nick nurse, you know, I'm a little excited. I like, I, I'm, I'm give Nick nurse a shot, but still it's like, Okay, what's he what's he doing? Who's he got? James Harden. 
no moves have been made. And and like you pointed out, because the Drew Holiday trade happened, it became clear that Drew Holiday was going to a new team. Mm-hmm. Rumors started swirling that the Sixers are going to be a player. Yep. And then it didn't happen. And it was never going to happen because yep. they are not in position to do anything. The only trade they could really make, aside from Embiid, you know, would be to trade either Maxi, who I yep. think is, you know, don't trade him. Maxi and Embiid, <laughs> throw everyone else out, you know what I mean? And Harden. And what realistically can you get for a well past his prime bridge igniting James Harden, right? Mm. Who's just burned every bridge that he's been on. And he can like now it's just it's just sad. It's just a bummer. It's just a huge bummer. Whereas we're in a the team's not gonna win the Stanley Cup, but at least we're in an upswell of excitement a feeling of building towards something with the Philadelphia Flyers. Whereas the Sixers, it's like, so you're telling me we went from a perennial eight seed, Willie Green, God bless him, Elton Brand. You know, I remember when they signed Elton Brand, they were like, this is like, they were selling it like it was Michael Jordan coming. (laughs) And it was like, it's either, and, and they were like, and then they came and they were like, Listen, and Sam Hinkie had it right. He was like, I can fucking play the system the way that it's made to to build the best team possible in the future. So perennial eight seed, Sam Hinkie, I'm going to take it. I'm going to fucking burn it down. You're going to go through a lot of pain, many painful years. But on the back end, we're going to be better than we were, right? A lot of pain, a lot of pain, a lot of busts, a lot of high draft pick busts, which were unavoidable, right? I mean, that's just the nature of the NBA draft. But you get Joel Embiid in a year where you don't even have the number one pick. You have the number three pick, and you're lucky enough to get Joel Embiid. And do you and, and you just proceed to fucking fuck up. I mean, there's a fucking ray of light where they had. Jimmy Butler, proven winner for one season, gone. You know what I mean? It's like they fired Hinky, and then Colangelo just fucked it up, and it just keeps fucking up. And now where we're at now, from perennial eight seed, through the pain, through the fires, to now, I feel just like I did back in the fucking Willie Green, Elton Brand era. A team that can make the playoffs – and then what? Losing the playoffs. Nothing was accomplished. All that for naught. See, well, this this was my job a lot at Appetites and Iron Hill. I would talk people off ledges all the time. And, like, th- there's so many different aspects to what you're talking about that I think are separate entities that you can focus on. This season sucks, it just does. I can't defend what's happened this offseason. It has been miserable because yeah. they've made no moves. It's like they clearly weren't good enough to get over the hump with the team they had last year, yeah. and they've done absolutely nothing. nothing. They, they've they actually gotten worse because of the James Harden just controversy disaster that it is right now. Yes. Tire fire. You know? So that that is something I can't defend. But, like, <clears throat> like when they had Jimmy Butler, 
you know, I wasn't that the same year that it was like the fucking Kawhi Leonard triple doink three pointer for sure. You know, they're, they're that shot away, you know, from going to the Eastern Conference final. You know, mm-hmm. even last year, they shit the bed in game six at home against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got so upset that night, especially when Brian was texting <laughs> me talking shit because I was like, I knew that was the end. I knew yeah. they would not pull it out in game seven in Boston. Mm-hmm. But, like, at some point, you do have to put some of this blame on the players. Like, pieces were put in place. They did have Jimmy Butler, and they blew it. Like, even last year, James Harding almost, well, not almost, he pretty much single-handedly won two of those games against the fucking Celtics, and they couldn't do it. Like, you, like yes, could there be some other, like, maneuvering of draft picks or like certain players here, certain players there. Yeah. Like we can scrutinize those things, but it's like, it's all a totem pole of like, what was the biggest problem versus like the least biggest problem. And sometimes the players are up there, man. Oh, I'm not saying they're not, but who put these players together? Sure. These players didn't join up on their own volition. These, this was a, a roster built to fail. I I disagree. I think last year the roster built was good enough. It it showed like they they shot like twenty percent from three in Game Six of that Boston series. They make like two more threes. They win that fucking game, and they might. I, I'm we don't know. They don't win it all because the fucking what was it the Denver Nuggets that won? Is that yeah. where Jokic plays? Uh-huh. Like they were really good last year, but I probably bet they beat the heat in the fucking Eastern conference final. Like, I don't know, just like certain small turns of events with teams that I thought were good enough. And we probably aren't having this discussion right now. So yeah, that, that's the only thing I want to push back on is that I think some, some more blame needs to be put on these players for this specific off season. Yes. All of the blame on upper management, but like last season through like, 2018 come on the players got to fucking show up and they just didn't (laughs) yeah but how often do they not show up that you just like okay so players of course i don't talk shit on players because i don't think it's appropriate but i mean who the fuck gives tobias harris the contract that he has he didn't give it to himself the fucking team gave it to himself the team put those locks on their fucking roster and it's and it's it's a bad decision the fucking break, like, okay, James Harden, what was good in those two games? I agree, and the rest of the games, he's non-existent. He fucking, <laughs> yeah. and that's not. You can't win like that. You got to be there every night. You know what I mean? You have to be a fucking dog, which he is not. God bless him. You know, I wish him the best, but he's, and he's just too old and slow to play the way he plays, right? You know, he's lost a few steps, and he did not adjust. Now, yesterday, last season, in the regular season, he was great. He led the league in assists. Playoffs, he starts playing a different kind of basketball. The coach doesn't fix it. The coach was put there by the regime. It's all right. The players are to blame. And, it, yeah. That's why I'm saying it's not one aspect. Yeah. It's the, I think that's it's all the, I'm saying, yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. It's, but it's the entire collection. Everything of is just a huge collection cesspool. of bad ideas 
yeah. rolling downhill. So it's like every part of it, yes, just goes back to the ultimate decision makers who bring in somebody to make other decisions, right? Like the people that bring in Daryl Morey to make decisions. Yeah. They, their instincts are off. Therefore you have doc rivers for X amount of years who didn't, hasn't done anything since he won one championship with a Boston team that you could have coached to the fucking championship, <laughs> the first super team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you and know, it's just, and my bigger point is just, I just have no excitement. The excitement's just not there. I still love Joel Embiid, though. That That's guy, the mean, thing. Like, That's what makes, pisses me so off. so good to watch. 100%. Like, he's just so 100%. Awesome. 100%. And, and the people that turn on him, I have no time for. The people that are like, he's trade him. Fuck. He's the only chance we have. He's yeah. the only hope. You know what I mean? But and he's it, also and, not, he's not. You know, you, you can criticize him. Like, he, he was, like, decent in the playoffs against the Celtics, but, like, he could have been better. Like, really, you know, no one showed up in Game 7. That was a disgrace. No, here's what's, here's, uh, here's what's frustrating this year. They, okay, yes, what they should have done is they should have fucking made, if they could have made some fucking moves, right, and built a different, slightly different, because they're hamstrung in a lot of ways. But at least, you know had a better start to this year and just fucking heavily rested Joel Embiid this regular season and just fucking had a had a winning team go into the playoffs with a healthy Embiid because Embiid every year in the playoffs is fucking hurt. He, I mean, and it, people say that as a criticism. I'm just saying, like, you know, he gets his face broken one year. Not his fault. You know what I mean? Like, shit, freak just a freak, shit, freak accident. accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fucking wrap him up in bubble wrap for most of the regular season. He's got the MVP, whatever. The regular season doesn't mean shit in fucking basketball. Get to the playoffs and let the team go. Now, let's say, let's have hope. Let's say Daryl Morey pulls some shit in season and builds a better team. That's like the only hope at this point. But right now, oh, I'm so excited to watch the drama unfold with James Harden at camp. I'm not. I think that sucks. It's not the type of story I want to see. I think it's just, I'm just sad and bummed out. Yeah, when it, I listened to like one Sixers podcast and I've been religiously listening to it for the James Harden. I don't want to call it drama, but just like news, any update yeah. to like, cause I, I feel like until this gets unraveled or solved, like there will be no mo motion forward. You That's know? A, yeah, yeah. There will be no closure yeah. for me to like last season propelling me into the next season you know uh -huh. for right now it's just a tire fire so i want this to be resolved so that's why i'm listening to that podcast i don't really go to twitter to watch the sixers bullshit because it's all just like you know bad vibes you know and, vibes. and that and that's not helping anything no, like no, i, no. I i'm here i live in philly i know it's bad vibes yes I understand. you don't have to remind me on the twitter machine for sure you know Anyway, I just I needed to talk about it a little bit. No, no, no. I'm glad we did. And I love I also love Joel Embiid, and that's what pissed me off. Wasting another year of his, it reminds me of like wasting career. Claude Giroux, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It but sucks. to your point, maybe we come out on the other end and we find our Danny Briere and a new direction with the Sixers. Maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe miraculously, like you said, Daryl Morey pulls a rabbit out of his hat and, and he, figures something out. I'm saying know. bad vibes. I think it all, I think Josh Harris is just 
bad vibes. vibes. He owns the fucking <laughs> Devils and the Washington Commanders as well. Yeah. Get out of here. You don't belong here. <laughs> That's why it's like I just want like the vibes start at the top and Josh Harris's vibes are dog shit. Yeah. Uh anyway, Tim, I love you. Thanks love everyone you, for buddy. listening. Thanks for watching. And glad uh, you survived jury duty. Fuck, man. Don't do it. Just throw that shit in the in the trash. It'll ruin your life. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's go watch the fills, huh? Yeah, go Phils. All right. I'll talk to you soon in one of our many group chats. Yep. Cool. Right, See bye. you later, buddy. See ya. And we're clear. Cool. Good shit, Tim. Solid hour. And yeah, let's go watch some Phils. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thanks for finding the time. Yep. Bye.